Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And today I have a local author, photographer, and business owner with me. And I'm uh, anxious to get to know her a, letter, a little better. So please welcome Ashley Berry into the fast lane with me today. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah, so I came across Ashley quite a while ago. She wrote a book and um, so of course I had to read the book uh, to make sure that, uh, well, just so I had a good background and everything, but uh, Ashley wrote the book Waiting for Rainbows and it's actually an autobiography of her life. So I want to start Ashley by telling us how was the process of writing your book? Because this book is an emotional roller coaster. And I say that with extreme respect. But how how did you decide to do this? Because this had to, I would assume, be a difficult process. Yeah, it was. Um, it was kind of crazy. I went on a trip for three days with my friend. Uh, we went to this wellness resort and I came back and a week later I woke up one morning and I was like, I need to write a book. I need to share a story. I feel like there's so many people out there that can relate or maybe going through something similar. I know everybody's journey is different, but um, when you can kind of relate to somebody and hopefully our story, although it is very emotional and a lot of roller coaster, it it shows that you do have to keep going and you have to have hope. And I feel like we could have gave up so many times throughout our whole journey and we never did. And I'm so glad we didn't because we would not be where we are at today. So, yeah. And I just woke up one morning and I'm like, I asked my husband, I'm like, I think I really need to publish our story and share it. And so it was out of the blue. I just, all of a sudden random, it's not like it's been a lifelong goal of mine to publish a book. It's just like, I felt like I really needed to share our story. So. So then when did you start and how did you start? And actually the process was very fast for me. Um, when I get something in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this now. I'm not going to wait, you know, and think about it. I'm just going to do it. So I started researching, you know, publishing companies, like, how am I going to do this? And I came across uh, the TSPA, the self-publishing agency out of Vancouver, Canada, and they help you to self-publish. So they help you with all the steps. And then once your book is done, then you are, you know, responsible of promoting and everything like that. But it's really all in your control, you know, how the book is published, like how you write it, um, short, long, you know, it's all your, yours to do with whatever you want. And I started that process with them and I, I had help with an editor that helped me like along with the process of writing the book to make sure, you know, everything was good. And we worked with each other for about six weeks, which was during greenhouse season. Um, I tend to be more inspired when I'm watering, which is mm -hmm. not a good time because I'm so busy. So I don't have time to write a book. So I'd be watering and then I'd creep and grab my phone because I would think of something that I needed to write down and then I'd get back to my watering and stuff. So yeah, it was done within six weeks and yeah, I ended up publishing it by September. So I started the process in March and launched September, I think it was seven. So yeah. Wow. Got so her done. When you're saying you, yeah, that was like the fast track to, yeah. like, to a successful, um, to a, really a successful journey because uh, writing a book is like a journey as well. But when you were yeah. writing the book, did you, did you just feel like it was flowing pretty freely or was it, was it 
emotional to relive all of it? Um, yes, it did flow very pretty well for me. Sometimes I had troubles of like transitioning to the, like the next, you know, part and stuff. But I think the hardest part was um, with our third adoption. I came home one day because it was raining and I just like put poured my heart and soul into that part of the book. And that was very draining for me. And I cried a million times, of course. And I went back and it was like everything had been drained out of me after I wrote that part. So yes, it was, it was not easy <laughs> writing certain parts. So, mm -hmm. so I want, I encourage people to read this book and I'm going to put the link to the book on there. It's called waiting for rainbows, but um, I do want to touch on a few things about the book. So everyone knows what, what they're reading. So at the, it's, it's a cute book in the fact of like you talk about your life as well. So how you met your husband, um, the dog, you know, like yeah. people really get to know you. And I think that that is really an important part because then I think, I mean, maybe that's why I cried a lot during it because you, you made it so real. And then you do think about all the people who are trying to have children. So um, why don't you give us a, a, a little background on your journey to get to where you are today with children? Um, so do you want me to start at the very beginning or do you want me to, I want just... you to start at the very beginning, but I want you to leave enough gaps because I want, I want our listeners to read the book and I'm not here to promote Ashley. Like I literally just met Ashley, uh, six minutes ago. So, but <laughs> I think that this is important, like a, I think it's important to support, um, local businesses and local authors. I do want to talk about um, her business later on as well, but I do want to give you a little background and kind of like kind of a teaser because I want people, I think it's good to feel emotion. And I think that this is a, this is a feel good book. So, you know, so I'm again, not trying to promote her, but I am trying to promote her because I want you guys to understand. I think it's very important. I'm just going to lay this out there. Some people do not struggle with this. Okay. Yeah. And I think like, I'm going to get emotional. I think it's really important for people to realize what other people do that some, that other people just take for granted. You know, yes. there's so many things in this life that maybe we think we're entitled to, or this is just what we're going to do. And this is the next step in life. That is not the way it is. And I think it's really important for people to realize how, uh, how this journey goes. I had no idea. And I have friends who have dealt, dealt with infertility. I had no idea until I read this book, what it was like. None, absolutely none. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's definitely a journey. Um, yeah, I'll start at the beginning because, okay, when you get married and you're ready to start that family, you know, you don't think about, oh, what if we can't have kids? If that's something that you're wanting and you're trying for, you're like, oh, it might take a few months and then we'll, you know, be pregnant and it'll happen. Well, that was not the case for us at all. You know, we started trying and I was very impatient. My husband wasn't quite ready yet, but I had to kind of, you know, talk him into it a little bit, but um, I'm glad I did when I did because of the journey we went on and how long that journey was. Um, but yeah, we, we tried for over a year. They, they won't help you at the doctors until you've tried for at least a year, you know, cause it can take some time. It normally doesn't happen right away on the first try. Um, but after that, then we started getting help with, um, 
you know, controlled cycles where that you have an ultrasound day three, um, start you on pills, then you have a shot and another ultrasound um, and timed everything, which can definitely take a lot away from all of that. You know, the, the romance, it takes everything out. You know, it's not just like a natural thing anymore. It's very calculated. Like a and, job. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it takes a lot out of you and like the hormones and it's also a mind game. You know, it's one of them things where you don't want to think about, but how do you not think about? I mean, you know, this is your every move. And then once you're like, oh my gosh, something must be wrong. Then it really starts to take a toll because everybody else, you feel like everybody else around you is either pregnant or having kids and you're stuck in this limbo of, will we, will we ever move to the next step? You know, will, will it always be this in this space, you know, in the book, I think, um, I wrote, I felt like I was stuck in a never ending cycle of groundhog's day. You know, I mean, it was just a never ending kind of started to feel hopeless after so long. Um, and then we tried for six months and then, um, I think that's when I was diagnosed with PCOS. So we finally kind of had some answers to why it probably wasn't happening. And but the doctor was still very hopeful. They're like, I think we should try IVF, um, especially with somebody who has PCOS. That's like the next step to try, you know, to help you out with this and everything. And um, once we tried that, uh, it was successful in, we got a whole bunch of eggs off the retrieval embryos um, and they were transferred five days later. And then I started my cycle again after two weeks, which we were crushed because IVF is quite the process. I left the pharmacy with two bags of grocery bags filled with shots and medications and um, just filled to the brim. So, and it's financially draining. I mean, some people can't afford, I was very thankful we were able to come up with the money to be able to try, um, just so many emotions and physical, like so hard on your body. Like I was a bloated balloon afterwards for at least 10 days. Like, I mean, it was crazy. The fluid that had built up in me, I didn't feel like myself anymore, you know? So it was just a draining steps. And then two weeks later, I started my cycle and it was devastating. I mean, to go through all that process financially, physically, emotionally, and then it doesn't work, you know? And then you're like, well, do we try again? You know, cause it's like, you never want to give up. But then the doctor actually told us that he didn't want us to try again, which I was actually very thankful because at least he was honest, you know? So that's when we decided we would like to try adoption. So then the book goes through all of our adoption journeys, which was quite a few of them. <laughs> and what do you, like people who are considering adoption, what is your best advice for them? Yeah, adoption. I mean, that's a process in itself. And I cried after my first phone call with a social worker because it was very overwhelming of all the steps you have to complete before you're even um, considered to be chosen by a birth mother or birth family. And it was like, oh, we have we went through all these steps and we've been waiting so long. And now we have to go through all this process again. But I'm a type of person where I'm once I start, I know 
that it's, it's going to start happening once you start the process and doing everything. So, I mean, it took us a while. It was probably like, I think around a year before we got to put our book in after we first started the adoption process. So I would say patience is one of them, which I don't have a lot of, but, (laughs) (laughs) but that's probably a good thing to go off of is patience and try to just, you know, do the steps and know that eventually you're going to get there to where you can get your book in and stuff. So, so what does the book consist of? Uh, the book is just, you want them to get to know your life as best possible by flipping through the pages, reading, you know, a little bits and pieces about your life so they can kind of envision, you know, if they want to make an adoption plan for their child, what their life might be like, you know, like a so, scrapbook or is this something they give you that you fill up? Um, actually you, I made mine on Shutterfly. So it was pictures and words and, um, yeah, just, just everything to try to best describe our life. So, and then it's a lot of pressure actually, because you're like, this has to make them, you know, really see what we're like and envision everything. So it's, it's kind of a lot of pressure to do that book. So, Mm -hmm. but you were not only chosen once for adoption, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So four times (laughs) and after is each time as calculated and, you know, time consuming with the books and such, or is it once you have one, is is it easier? You do have to refresh after so much time, um, like refresh your home study, have some meetings, refresh fingerprints. Uh, We had to redo our doctor's appointments. So you do have to kind of refresh, but I wouldn't say it's as invasive as the first time as when you do it so do you have to have someone come to your home yes yes you have about I want to say four to six meetings where they come to your house and you know visit with you see where you live and you get asked a lot of questions (laughs) isn't it fascinating to know that you are really kind of put through the ringer Mm -hmm. but you know some people it's, it's difficult for me to see people like you and your husband who had tried and wanted and then still were waiting a year. And then we have some children who, you know, maybe babies having babies and these children end up in the foster care system because no one, no one will take care of them. And it's very, it, it seems very frustrating for me looking in. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel like everything is a process and you wish you could just drive somewhere and say, I would love to care for this child and it'd be that easy, but it really isn't, you know, and it is frustrating when you know there's all them children out there and like the process is that frustrating, but I do understand it in a way because, you know, then you know you're serious about something and, you know, you went through the process to work that hard to get there and they know you know, everything's verified. And, you know, that would give the families a sense of peace in a way, knowing that we had to go through all this stuff to get to that process of them actually getting to pick us and stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. I can see yeah, both sides of it. It is a little frustrating sometimes when there's a lot of um, children that need homes out there. So, so everyone is going to go and buy the book and read it. And then we can, um, we can get their feedback, which will be great. But I want to discuss what you guys do for a job because you did this 
this whole journey, the adoption journey, the IVF, uh, all the medication while running a very big successful business. And if anyone is from this area, you know darn well this business. So tell us what you do. Well, uh, so my husband originally started, when I met him, he had been working for his uncle. It's a family run greenhouse. And so he ended up taking that over. So we have a greenhouse business. Uh, It's normally March through June. So it's a, a seasonal for that. And then he started a pumpkin patch and corn maze the year after we got married. So now we have the season of greenhouse season and the season of the pumpkin patch season. So, which we're gearing up for pumpkin patch right now. So we're starting to get ready for everything, but yeah, those are our seasons. And in between we get ready for each season as they come. So, so they own Barry acres. And if you're a parent, you've been there and you know what it's like. And it seems like you guys add something different every year. Like this isn't just a corn maze and a pumpkin patch. I think, I think you're under, uh, (laughs) underwhelming with it a little bit. There is laser tag and there is fishing and it is, I don't know. I've never seen kids have so much fun playing in corn in just corn. There's like a corn sandbox and there's bales to jump on and there's slides and there is pedal carts and there is like a trolley and there is a zip line and pumpkin there's a pumpkin it's a pumpkin catapult I mean Ashley there's a lot to that place yes we definitely try to add something new every year um which everybody has noticed they can't believe how much we've grown since we've started this year actually we added a really nice rope course Um, So I'm excited for everybody to check that out. So, but yeah, it seems to keep growing every year. More people come and enjoy it every year. So yeah, it, it gets emotional when I'm sitting there just watching all these people flood in after all the work that we've put in over the years. And it is very emotional to see all the people that do come to experience. It's like a family tradition every year for everybody to come. Absolutely. It is. So did you start the pumpkin patch what, what's the timeline with the pumpkin patch and um, children? Uh, sorry, what did you say? What's the timeline between opening the pumpkin patch and having children? Like, oh, when we start, like when we adopted. Oh, yeah. okay. So we started the pumpkin patch in 2010 and we adopted our first, our son in 2014. So about four years. So was that an emotional thing to have a pumpkin patch and see all these families coming through? What, how, how was that at that time? Yes, it was, it was very hard. It, it definitely took a toll on me after when you read in our book, after our first adoption story, um, that was very emotional after that time because we had suffered such a loss. And then to see all these families, you know, happy making memories and we were still, you know, stuck in that limbo stage. And so, yes, it was very hard. It's almost when you're going through infertility, it's hard to put yourself in any situation, you know, baby showers, you know, things that you're supposed to be happy about when you go to, and it's not that you're not happy for the person that is, you know, experiencing this. It's just hard because you're going through such a hard time and it, it really is hard to, you know, be put on a happy face at those events. So yeah, it was not easy. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pumpkin patch and the greenhouse being that busy, 
did did that help at all or you said that watering the plants was kind of your downtime where you would think so did work take your mind ever off of it or not I mean, yes, it is good to stay busy. I feel like you do, you know, you go through your motions of your day, you stay busy, you tend to, you know, not think as much when you're busy. When I'm watering, I think more. So probably watering wasn't as good for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it, I definitely felt like it was good to stay busy during that time to keep that time of waiting, you know, our minds a little bit more occupied. Mm -hmm. So now you have, how many children do you have now? Two. You have two children. And yes. what are their ages? Uh, Mox is going to be eight and Maya is going to be four. And what has been, um, I mean, I really could ask any parent this, but what is, what's the highlight of being a parent for you? Um, gosh, after all these years, it's, I mean, being a parent, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not easy. Even if you wanted it for and worked so hard to get to the stage, it's not easy. Um, but just seeing them grow and actually pinching myself when I see them in the living room or playing, I'm like, they're actually here. They are here in this house. So sorry, I get a little emotional. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just surreal that they're actually with us after everything. So. I love it. I, I, I've enjoyed your book. I enjoy Barry Acres. Um, and today I enjoyed you. So is there anything that you would like to tell people um, as we leave, uh, either about the book, about adoption, about infertility? Is there any little nugget or maybe something about all of it that you would like to share with people? Um, my best advice would be just keep putting one foot in front of the other, whichever, whatever stage in life you may be at, you know, you just have to keep working towards whatever goal you may be trying to achieve and just don't give up hope and keep going. That's just got to keep going. And you said that you're not a patient person, but you're obviously a very persistent person. So persistence does pay off. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely persistent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're great. And the goal of this podcast is to encourage people to do better, be better, live better. And you encompass that. Like you have um, obviously touched the lives of many, many people by writing this book. You've touched the lives of people through adoption. You touch the lives of people every year when they come to buy their flower. I mean, that's like, in, that's like a that's like a family tradition too, buying the flowers, you know, like it's yeah. time to go buy flowers and you touch people every fall with the pumpkin patch. So I think you really encompass the encouraging people to do better, be better, live better, and you do it yourself. So I, well, I think thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for having this space for everybody to come to. It's amazing. Wonderful. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.